0: It is truly a delight to start 2021 with you guys, and uh, I'm excited about it, Uh, even in spite of the lockdown. um, I hope you're staying safe. Um, I was uh, out on Castorfin Hill yesterday just for a uh, kind of vigorous walk, uh, but I actually ended up on my backside twice as it was so slippy. So uh, be careful out there. Um, we had a great Christmas, Anne and I. Uh, obviously, everything was curtailed, and we ended up uh, spending the day uh, over at our daughter's um, in, over in Loch Winnock. So that was a great time with her and um, her husband and her six children. Uh, so that was good fun. Um, well, as we start this uh, new year, Uh, I'm talking about a vision for your life this we've got a series I think a three-part series uh, and I'm kicking this off Uh, what is a vision for your life and um, let's be honest uh, we are mixed in our level of enthusiasm and optimism there's a hope and desire for a real end to the uh, dangers of COVID uh, putting 2020 firmly behind us um, And yet there's a caution in our spirit uh, to not be totally naive and optimistic. The effects of last year's epidemic have just been world-shattering, haven't they? Um, Devastating in ways that we probably won't even become aware of in the next kind of months, maybe even years uh, to come. Um, But I want to say this to start with. This isn't the first time, let's remember, uh, that mankind has been knocked sideways by some catastrophic events, and it's worth remembering some of the truly great responses um, that have come out of such times. George Hunter said this, persons experiencing important life transitions are more receptive than persons in stable periods of life and such transitions tend to unfreeze their lives and make change possible which i think is a really encouraging thought and i think it's very true uh, let's really pray for that for our city and lothians and scotland that actually god unfreezes uh, people to actually think about jesus christ I think there is kind of three main ways that we can respond to some of the trauma and uh, societal changes that are happening. And the first is that we just become um, ever consumed with the loss, the negativity that kind of seeps into our soul. It kind of produces a resignation and a defeat, a giving up of the fight, and we step out of the race secondly uh it can cause us to actually harden our hearts uh we we to, in order to deal with the level of suffering uh and loss we simply don't know how to deal with it so we end up becoming kind of blase and uh selfish we just abandon ourselves to our own personal uh goal our own personal ends uh and at really the preservation of other people and then thirdly We allow the trauma to fashion us uh, to call on God in a new way. And this is what I'm really commending that we do this year, uh, beloved. Uh, We're more urgent to say, God, help us to fulfill not our own ends, but to return to what God has called us to. With renewed urgency, we ask God to help us accomplish in this brief moment of time that we call my life, um, what, that we fulfil what God has called us to do. He has called us, he's destined us uh, in terms of salvation to fulfil what he's called us to do. A man called Arthur Wallace who um, was no longer alive but was a a really a main figure a main charismatic figure uh, certainly in my early Christian walk said this if you you can get hold of any of his uh, books they are really amazing Um, this is a ministry which demands steadfastness of purpose desire and expectancy for it is fraught with disappointments some seem to catch the vision at once, but setbacks, delays, or opposition take their toll, and they then lose their vision. I think at a time, um, when I look back, and I think of time when the UK churches were actually probably at their most compromised. There was, in Edinburgh itself, we had people like David Hume, who was... Uh, uh, talking about the enlightenment um, denouncing the absurd notion that miracles uh, could happen uh, the French were on the cusp of revolution God broke in and through two men in particular John Wesley and George Whitfield, he brought about a revival in our land that saw thousands not just in the UK but across the world come back to God It catapulted a mission into the far corners of the globe. And I truly believe that if we allow God to break in on our hearts and believe that He's not limited in what He can accomplish through us, that in difficult times, and these are difficult times, that actually we can turn it around for his glory. Amen? Let's read some scripture. Uh, We're looking in particular at Philippians 3 uh, this morning. Paul in Philippians 3 had been reminding the church of his previous life, how in many ways he'd been Honoured above his peers in Jewish society. He'd been schooled by Gamaliel. Think uh, N.T. Wright or um, Tim Keller. Uh, He had been born a Roman, which gave him huge status. He was fluent in Hebrew. In fact, he sums up his track record kind of in his his CV as, I was faultless. That's what he's saying about myself. That, That was my life. But then he comes in in Philippians 3, verses 7 to 14, and he says this. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, all all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Lord, we just pray right now. Lord, I pray, God, for everybody watching in their bedrooms and living rooms and kitchens uh, all over the place, God, right now. I just pray, Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to just come. Fill us with your grace and mercy right now. We need heaps of it, of grace and mercy on our life. Oh, God, I pray, come now and, uh, Lord, help renew our vision for this new year. Amen. You know, Paul uses this um, metaphor of race several times, and it helps us to see how we run our race, how we get hold of all that God has for us in our lifetime. I want to ask the question, what is it that God has called you to fulfill for him? Paul was clear what God had given him to kind of reach the Gentiles for Christ. And in this, I want to hang it on four points. Okay, we're going to look at four points that actually he unfolds to actually help us to run the race well. And first of all, considering the status uh, and, and loss as garbage. So what is it that Paul is forgetting Well, actually, he had a lot of gains or privileges, status, benefits. And it says he considered them lost for the sake of Christ. Notice in the scripture, it doesn't say they were rubbish or they were garbage. It says he considered them. He considered them as garbage. When it says garbage, think about food waste. Think it's like it's like putting out the food waste uh, for the dogs, okay? And you're kind of putting it out. That's that. That was what he was actually saying. And the dogs would be scrapping outside in the courtyards for this food. It would be littered all over the place. This is this is a kind of the picture. This is the the actual kind of word that he's describing here when we're saying um, kind of garbage, okay? But it says. He considered them as garbage. This is similar to kind of Abraham in uh, Hebrews 11, who considered that his body was as good as dead. And interestingly, it's also the word that's talked about in just the chapter before Philippians 3, in chapter Philippians 2, where Paul is talking about Christ and his race. And he's really, he's, he's setting it up. So he talks, first of all, about Christ and what he did. And then he's going on to talking about himself and us. Uh, and I think it's very important that we don't separate these two chapters, okay? Um, and it says of Christ that he didn't consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Jesus was God, is God, equal to God. But he didn't abuse the privileges or the status quo to get his own way at others' expense. He didn't use that status of, actually, I'm God. You need to listen to me because I'm God. He didn't, do, he didn't come like that. How did he come? Well, Paul describes it in Philippians 2. He came as a servant. He came... As, as nothing, it says. He made himself as a servant. And likewise, Paul could have used his high Jewish status to his own advantage, but he chooses to consider it loss for the sake of Christ. And he's actually commending us to do the same. He's commending us to have the same attitude, to actually consider it, whatever it is, whatever that status gave you. Whatever your position in society, your academic success, the family you came from, consider it rubbish, Paul says, in order that you may follow Christ's example. He humbled himself and served for the love, for, for the love of mankind. He served. He gave his, He went to the end. He ran his race well. And he came to the end. He ran it well. He went to the cross. He finished the race that the Father had given him. I've been um, playing a lot of board games uh, with Anne uh, over the Christmas time. And uh, there's times when you're looking at it. We, we, we probably try and pray once a day. And we kind of like, we're, you know, playing that. And uh, you can look at it and you can look at your hand and you think, you know, I could wipe out my competitor right now. And to be honest, there's many times <laughs> where I'll do just that. And so will I am to me, because that's the game. But there's occasions when you choose not to. And we have a choice. We have a choice, Paul says. For the sake of Christ, he chooses to hold back. And to count it as garbage. He chooses it. He chooses not to have some egotistical display of superiority. Especially when he considers Christ. And what Christ could have insisted upon. But actually chose to be a servant. Secondly. Paul says that we've not already obtained. This can seem initially at odds with the kind of teaching on grace and justification, until we realize what is the goal that he's talking about. So bear with me. Christ's race has meant that we receive a free gift of righteousness, of sin and being united, uh, forgiveness of sin and being united with God eternally. And he won this for us. And that was his race. That he had to fulfill. We, however, are not just filling in time, but we've been given a race to do as well. God has a purpose for each one of us, and he's given us gifts to help us accomplish those goals here on earth. There is a day when we'll say, It is completed, it is finished, and we look forward to that day. We look forward to the day when God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I like what a theologian said called Craddock's, and he says, trusting God's grace did not make Paul less active than the Judaizers, but rather set his Set him free now to run without watching his feet, without competing with other servants of Christ. And I think that's important that actually we have a humility and we're not kind of in competition with one another. So we need to discover what Christ has given us to do and to go after it with a determination and an urgency. Thirdly, Paul says we need to forget what is behind. Forgetting for Paul is partly his aforementioned status, his worldly honour, but it's also about the kind of destructive errors, um, persecuting Christians and Christ by implication. Um, I often think that one of the reasons we, me, Don't press on. It's because we get caught up rehashing some of our mistakes and the hurts of the past. And we get get into it. We go into a spiral of it, and it doesn't help us. There needs to be a conscious decision to focus forward. Sometimes when I'm uh, using my uh, camera, my DSLR, uh, it can actually focus on the wrong thing. And, you know, instead of getting that nice bird shot, I get some beautifully in-focus leaves. Um, And... What Paul's saying is, don't focus on what's behind. Don't focus on all those things that actually have tripped you up in the past, but actually focus forwards on what is ahead of us. And what is ahead of us? Well, fourthly, it is the prize that Christ has called us heavenward. There will be a day when we stand before God and he will say, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Remember, the context of that Jesus was talking about the parable of the talents and really it's the same thing he's saying are you going to use your talents are you going to hide them in fear or are you going to use them and trust me are you going to use them to the best of your ability and that's what I'm saying this morning we need to use what God's given us to do what does this mean And I want to kind of round it up now. Uh, What does this mean for us? Well, it could mean working really hard and building up a business or uh, working in a job that you just shine in. You're good at. And people say, you're good. I'm going to give you promotion. I'm going to give you some more cash uh, as a result of it. And consequently, we are able to excel in it and to be able to give away thousands to bless God's kingdom, to alleviate suffering and poverty help start new churches, whatever it is, we're able to give into the kingdom of God. Or maybe uh, it is by using your skills to bring uh, healing and care or education, changing people's lives in tangible ways, demonstrating God's heart for the least, the last, and the lost. Or maybe you are a parent looking after children, and you're saying, I'm going to do this to the best of my capabilities. Or maybe you are a son and daughter looking after your elderly uh, parents now, or relative. Or maybe you've just started out in your life's journey, and you're just warming up, and you're kind of in training right now. I know for Anne and I, um, you know, we we we've, we've seen kind of you know three at least three churches planted, and I think discipling. Our children and spiritual children to make Christ first priority. And that's what I want to just commend you this morning. Make Christ your first priority. Don't get bogged up in the past, don't get bogged up in what's going on right now, but actually set your vision on what Christ called you for. I've been enjoying a book by Mark Sayers, a pastor from Melbourne. And he says, we need people who are prepared to sacrifice to improve the life systems of others. At great risk to themselves, people who realize that renewal will most likely encounter pain, difficulty, misunderstandings and opposition, but who choose to move ahead regardless. Are you choosing? Do you hear this? Choosing. Are you choosing to move ahead regardless? We choose, we can make a decision. What are you going to choose to do this year? Drop out of the race? Look back at all the pain? Or press on regardless, asking Christ to help you? When you feel like giving up, ask God for more grace. And I leave you with this famous challenge from uh, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That last bit, consider that he, Christ, went through an awful lot. It wasn't plain sailing. It was hard, 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 but he persevered to the end. We're facing difficult times right now. I know that. It's true for all of us. But be like Christ, who didn't let those things stop him from accomplishing and saying, I'm doing this for you, Father. So if you know that you've dropped out of the race, make a decision at the beginning of 2021 to fill your gaze with Christ again. Focus in on him again. Do get stuck into some of these Bible readings. I think they're really great for us. Don't let the enemy rob you of what Christ won for you. Complete what he begun in your life. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week.